What's up, guys? It is Vaughn Joseph here. Time for Vibes TV, music for the masses. We are joined by Eric Feindling and Phoebe Collins from the L.A. rock group High Street. Okay, so welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for joining us. So we are joined today by Eric Feinling and Phoebe Collins, two members of the group High Street out in Los Angeles, California. Thank you both for taking the time out of your sunny California life to join me. I know it can be hard, but everyone's in quarantine, so your butts shouldn't be outside anyway. So we're kind of all in the same world right now. So tell the viewers a little bit about High Street you are and what they should expect yeah so high street is a five-piece hard rock band is a band that i formed when i was a lot younger um but yeah over the years the band has shifted from a lot of people and so recently coming out here to la uh i held auditions uh for a new lead singer as well as a new drummer and a bassist and uh, we were lucky to come across Phoebe as well as some other new members that uh, are not with us here today. Um, but we played a show, our first show back uh, in November at the Whiskey Go Go in uh, Hollywood. So that was uh, that was a success. And once this whole virus thing blows over, we're uh, planning on uh, playing a lot more shows and recording some new music. That's that's pretty cool, um, Phoebe. How did you get into music? Because I mean. And and I and I want to ask this to Eric as well because you said you started off at eight years old, which is which is extremely young to start a band. It's almost like uh, that's just insane. But um, Phoebe, what were what were your origins like? Did you start off singing like maybe at school or something else? Um, so I dabbled a little bit here and there in like the school chorus, but nothing serious. And I didn't think that I would actually be a singer, and I didn't realize that I could sing until I was eight. And uh, my mom actually bought me voice lessons uh, as a birthday gift. And so I just kind of kept going from there. And as I started taking lessons, I got more and more serious about it. Went through a couple different voice coaches. And now I have a voice coach that I'm still Skyping with back and forth from New Hampshire. So I um, really like that. Uh, my voice coach now, and I've definitely grown a lot through the lessons. That would be like my one advice to anyone that wants to sing is just go with lessons because you don't realize how much they're helping you until years later, you just grow so much through them. So. Excellent. Yeah. Eric, how did you get started in a band at eight years yeah. old? Your brother was just two years older, I think you said. So yeah. you're both super young, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the question of the day right there. A lot of people uh, ask me about that. Um, I started guitar when I was four, actually, and um, you know my brother started the drums when he was six. So my dad, you know, uh, he he's kind of like a retired musician. Um, he used to play a lot of gigs when he was younger himself. Uh, never really worked out for him, of course, but uh, he ended up being a very successful businessman, and he always wanted kids someday who would be good musician. So that's the reason why he started us so young. Um, and I grew up listening to hard rock music from the 80s uh, and blues music. And so that's not really something that kids my age at that time really listened to. It was, you know, Taylor Swift or kind of pop rock type stuff. Um, so I was really into that. Um, and, you know, my brother, who was kind of more active musically at the time, uh, when he was about 
10 years old, and this is after a few years of being on our own instruments, um, he decided just to form a band uh, with a few of his classmates. Um, and it was something that was just for fun. Uh, back in our old house, we had this attic that my dad had built for me and my brother to, to play music and to practice on our own. Um, so it was kind of like a mini studio. It had a sound system. Uh, my brother had a full-on drum kit. We had amps and everything like that. So this is where we would go and rehearse every week. Um, and so my brother started this band with his classmates, and I wasn't in it at the time. And I was, of course, I was playing guitar on my own, and I saw it, and I was kind of jealous, and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and there was probably three or four guitarists. There was way too many, way too many people in the band already. Um, but I, I talked to my dad. I'm like, Dad, I really want to be in this, this, this little fun band that my brother's doing. And so uh, he let me come along. And so that by then we were doing once a week rehearsals. Um, and our initial plan was just to play some garage band shows or something or play some birthday parties. Um, and we did our first show. Um, I picked up the guitar and uh, there were two other guitarists at the time. We had a bassist and two lead singers, actually. So it was a very odd, very odd arrangement, but we were all kids. So it's kind of like, you know, nothing really formal but uh yeah our first show uh was when i was in the third grade and that was in the garage of my old house and we had about a hundred people come out we promoted the hell out of the show and um a lot of our friends and uh close neighbors came by and they saw i mean we kicked ass I'm a bunch of little kids playing some hard rock music from the 80s like sweet child of mine and you know acdc and stuff it was pretty pretty fascinating. So that's kind of how the group got started. And the rest is history. From there, we started playing uh, more shows. And like I said, it kind of spiraled, you know, you start off small, playing some birthday parties or, you know, little ceremonies or whatever. And then as you get older, if you're lucky, you kind of get some more exposure and rapidly build up. And so, as I said, by the time I got to high school, this band through, went through a lot of uh, old uh kind of musicians from uh kids my age i mean it was everyone else was older than me they were all two years older than me so i was the youngest in the group and uh yeah like i said by the time i got to high school things really picked up so there's a lot of evolution and a lot of history with the group right on so this is like the second coming i guess of the band because yes yeah. it's got older everybody kind of went off to university or whatnot and then exactly. was reform the group that's really cool so for someone unfamiliar with your music what are some of the groups that are out or were out that you might be categorized with i know you mentioned uh, guns and roses and acdc yeah. uh, is that is that really what the core sound is like or those main type of influences then um i would say yeah i would say from the album that we recorded back in 2015 a lot of those influences are definitely present um because those are the roots uh kind of, of what i was growing up with um but you know we also have a lot of modern influences um such as i mean greta van fleet is a great new band that just came out we uh were really into them and i myself since i'm i write the music for the group um you know i i really look up to a lot of the old blues music that i uh kind of grew up on so there's kind of a mixture of everything from 80s rock to some modern stuff so yeah 
I got introduced to Greta back. It's only been two years. I uh, was in back home in Detroit. A friend of mine, he's a guitarist, and he's like, "You got to listen to this. Listen to this." And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that yeah. Legit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what are you currently working on with all this quarantine free time? Because I know it's probably astronomically difficult to rehearse because you're all in these separate spaces. So, Phoebe, are you like calling in? Or <laughs> what are you guys doing? Um, so what we've been doing a lot of it has been just kind of sending things back and forth. Eric will send me a guitar riff and I'll start working on lyrics. And um, so we're starting getting working on pro on that process. Um, we also just have had a lot of like Zoom calls um, with our social media managers and just talking about what's going to happen moving forward. So we're doing a lot of planning and a lot of just like kind of jamming on on our own, working on our own sound and then, uh, you know, kind of patting that down before we get together again for actual rehearsals uh, before our shows and stuff. That's awesome. Um, it's a shame you guys weren't out there when the House of Blues was around. It sounds like that would have been one of the perfect venues yeah. for you guys yeah. to see some really cool shows out there. How does yeah. the music scene in LA differ uh, than it does in Chicago, for example? Because it's a pretty big thriving music scene in Chicago. I don't know about New Hampshire, because I've never been to New Hampshire. There's nothing in New Hampshire for music. The closest thing for anything entertainment would be Boston, which was only an hour away from me, so I did a lot of, like, auditions and stuff there, but there's, even in that, there's only so much going on, so that's that's why I moved out here, was for all of this. But Eric, when you were in Chicago, um, you were playing, were you, did you, you, with the, a band then, or did you just scrap everything and then reform when you moved to LA. Maybe I missed that bit. Um, yeah, so back, like I said, in 2014, when we finished our album, right. right after then, like I said, everyone was two years older than me. Um, everyone was kind of going off to college. So yeah, the band split up for a few years. And what I did during that time is um, I explored many different genres. I really got into jazz music, actually. And uh, I played a lot of jazz gigs in the Chicago area that I had booked myself. Um, but even younger with the band, uh, we played some great shows in the city. And so that was, I mean, there's a pretty good music scene in Chicago. It's just a lot different out here in Los Angeles. Of course, it's much more spread out. Um, you know, kind of the venue, the venues are a lot farther apart and everything, whereas Chicago, it's a little bit more uh, intact and there's a lot of uh, kind of mainstream venues. Um, so, so yeah, I played a variety of shows um, at rock venues, jazz venues, blues venues. I used to go on on stage when I was a kid and do blues jams. And there's a fantastic kind of scene for that. So there's a good variety of stuff in, in Chicago to play live. <laughs> Do you think at some point you might branch off and have a, a blues band as well as the rock band? Because like, I know like a lot of bands do this. Like I, I think I could just name tons, you know, Primus and so on. They all have these multiple bands that they, they're involved in. Does that sound like something that might interest you, do you think? Um, I think it's possible for sure. Uh, I think that right now, of course, I really want to focus on this group and getting us established. Um, but eventually, yeah, of course. Um, and I always, um, I always want to be true to my playing and kind of whatever I'm into at the moment. So if I go through a huge blues phase, I might want to put together a band of three or four guys to play live with, um, because there's a lot of musicians and like, for example, Slash is one of my 
uh, one of my guitar heroes. He's a phenomenal blues player. And so he's, you know, he's played with guys like B.B. Uh, King and a whole host of people. And he kind of does stuff on the side when he's uh, touring in between uh, his main stuff. So uh, stuff like that, I think, is definitely open. And the main thing for me is that I always just want to be performing really no matter what it is. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that could be a, a potential opportunity. I've got a friend who does a uh, Guns N' Roses tribute band called Hollywood Roses. Yeah, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Slash a time or two. Um, Why the move to L.A. instead of maybe like New York or even like Nashville? Because I know you've got that blues uh, aspect background to you as well. What what was the attraction to L.A.? Um, Well, Nashville was a pretty big consideration for me. School was actually kind of a big part of it. I was uh, just graduating high school from uh, Chicago, and I wanted to, number one, I wanted to be in a warm climate because I couldn't stand the weather in Chicago anymore. Uh, I'd grown up there my whole life, and it was just, it was just ridiculous. So I wanted to get out of there to a warmer climate. New York, I was considering as well. Um, I had played many times there, uh, a lot of jazz shows as well. So it was really between L.A., New York and Nashville, and I wanted to get really into the music and entertainment industry, and my dad was like, well, you need to go to L.A. for that. Um, I also wanted to get into film scoring, which is kind of, you know, writing music for television commercials and stuff like that. So that's ultimately what I decide on, and I applied to schools all around the country, like USC, Juilliard, you know, Berkeley School of Music, and you know, I had a lot of options, which was great, but I came across CSUN, which has, um, isn't as well known, but it has one of the best music programs in the country, actually, and they have a phenomenal film scoring program. So um, that's a huge reason for coming out to LA for me. And so I've been here for about three years studying uh, film scoring, and I've made a lot of connections with people in the industry. A lot of great music supervisors and stuff like that. People can that can not only help the band, but help me with my own career and kind of uh, what I want to do. So, um, so that's a big part. And then another part is just I I wanted to be in a great music city, um, and you know that's what all those three of those cities have in common is that they're great music cities. Um, Asheville Nashville is kind of more of uh, recording. L.A. Uh, has a great kind of performance live show and then or excuse me new york and then la is um really kind of uh music and entertainment based so i wanted to come out here there's a lot of variety and so i i kind of see myself staying here for for quite a while phoebe coming from the, the really cold new england yes. area yeah. i i like eric i moved from michigan because i was just like forget it i can't deal with this cold stuff anymore <laughs> Why not the move to New York for you? Same question, basically, because I know that that's yeah. probably, I'm sure your parents are probably like, go to New York, don't go all the way to L.A. Um, yeah, no, I got, a, I got a lot of that. Like, why not go to New York? It's only four hours away. Um, I'm not a huge fan of New York in general. Um, it's still cold. <laughs> um, it, I don't like the uh, cement playgrounds uh, idea. I like green. I like nature um, and something about California. 
just really attracted me because I do want to do a lot of exploring and I like hiking and snowboarding and all that. So I knew that I could do all of that out here. Um, and I also came not only for the music, but for the acting and the entertainment, like film acting, because New York is a lot of Broadway and there is a lot, definitely more going on there than there was in New Hampshire, but everything is in Hollywood and, you know, Los Angeles. So, um, you know, that was, a, that was a huge part of the reason too. <laughs> Right on. Yeah. L.A. or California in general is really dope like that. I mean, you can be in like the Beverly Center and it's like 90 degrees and you can actually see snow on the mountains. You know? Yeah, exactly. You could go surfing and snowboarding in the same day. And that's really what attracted me. And I've gone like on a lot of road trips. I went and explored Death Valley. I want to go up to Yosemite National Park, all of those kind of things were like kind of what set me over the boundary to come here. Yeah. California is definitely amazing. Like that. Yeah. What has been one of the most challenging aspects of creating a song for you? Um, because I know, and I, I, I'm a musician as well, but I'm not in a band, never have been really. I mean, I sang, but it wasn't to the level that you guys are at right now, playing at Grammy parties and whatnot. So to have such a, uh, a firm base, I guess, for lack of a better explanation, in two or multiple genres, do you find it difficult to to not let that bleed over into what you're doing influence wise you know what does that make sense like if i'm a, a, a rock band i feel like i might be trying to bring too much maybe hip-hop influence yeah. into it. so you know i got rage against the machine or some shit like yeah that. definitely um that's a great question and that was one of the big concerns of my parents actually uh to be honest when i shifted over to jazz it was almost overnight and it was a huge the reason why was because of my uh, my jazz instructor in high school. He was a phenomenal instructor, but he really got me into the music. And I almost kind of became sort of like a snob about it. Like I wanted nothing to do with rock and roll and I was out of it. So I just did like jazz, only jazz for like four or three or four years. And I was pretty successful at that. Like you said, you know, I got the opportunity to play at the Grammys after parties and everything. Um, and my parents were like, you know, if you ever get back into this rock thing, like they were actually kind of concerned that I may have forgotten how to play rock and roll music on the guitar because they haven't heard it in so long. All I was doing was just playing jazz. And so that was one of my 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 dad's concerns specifically. But when I came out here to Los Angeles after a few years, I was still doing some of the jazz stuff. But um, last August, which would have been the first semester of my junior year, um, I just, I go through these phases where I'm like, you know, I get back into rock and roll or I get back into hard rock and I just got really back into my roots and everything. And I figured, you know, there's so much history with this band and I think we could really do something with it because there's a lot of special, um, a lot of special things that we did. It's just really unique about the fact that we started at such a young age. Um, so I wanted to bring that that aspect back into it. And so that's, you know, I, I booked the show at the Whiskey A Go Go. I got some guys, guns for hire per se, to uh, play with me. And we played under the name High Street and we played all of the music um, from that 2014 album that never got released. Um, and the show was a great success. Um, and I decided that, you know, this, this would be something that I would wanna pursue. And that's kind of how I went through the whole audition process of getting new people. Um, but I know, I knew that, you know, the people that I wanted to get had to be 
really great musicians and performers, but they had to be people who were committed to making this happen because if you want to be successful, you got to work for it. And I've come across so many musicians who are really talented but don't have the work ethic. And that's something that makes us unique is that, uh, you know, we're really very talented and we have a very unique sound. Uh, but, you know, we want to get to the top and we really mean business. So that's something about us that's really unique. Awesome. Phoebe, how do you find, I don't know, what kind of music were you singing before you got uh, involved with this band? What type of music were you really doing? Um, I have, I've done everything. Um, I've gone through phases of absolutely everything. Obviously, when I was eight years old and starting to sing, I was trying to sing Kelly Clarkson and Taylor Swift and all of that little, you know, things like that. But um, as I got more into it, um, rock music just really reminds me of my childhood because it's what I grew up with, um, just like Eric. Um, uh, not so, it wasn't so prominent in my life. I just remember driving my dad's pickup truck with the windows down camping, um, like listening to the Eagles, best of the Eagles album and like stuff like that. And it just, when I kind of re like got back into that as a teenager, um, I, it just reminds me of like being young and being happy. And that's why I started singing it. So what I started with when I got into rock was doing like kind of modern covers of Beatles and Eagles songs and kind of making them my own. And then as I got more into it, I was like, I really want to explore like this rock part of my voice. Um, so I've gotten kind of definitely more into that, more into the hard rock sounding like, I don't know what to call it. Just, you know, more of that hard rock sound instead of the pop and the soft stuff. Um, and but also in between that, I did country. I did indie. I did more pop because I also did. Um, I use singing as a form of community service in a lot of areas. Um, I did shows at nursing homes. I perform everywhere. So I was also always appealing to a different audience. Um, so that's why I kind of was just doing a little bit of everything. And then what I fell into when I came here was hard rock. And that's kind of what I've been into recently. And I think it's where my roots are. So that's kind of what I'm going with. <laughs> that's really cool. Cause the reason I asked the question is because you remind me of a friend of mine who's a, uh, she's the lead guitarist in a rock band called Warner Drive. And mm -hmm. when you look at Candace, you wouldn't think that she played like metal music at all, you know? And that's how when that's I- you, I um, get that a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like something that you would totally be removed from, which is really cool. And I, I like that you guys really stick to that root, to that base and create some of this amazing old stuff. Because a lot of the stuff I find that is out now it's really geared towards, like you said, selling, you know, it's, it's that it's pop music and mm -hmm. it's, it's geared towards selling records and being able to be played on the radio and stuff mm -hmm. that's in the club and what. Yeah. And, um, it's, you have people that have this formula down of songwriting that they just know what's going to be a hit. And I like straying away from that, taking risks, doing different things and, you know. Yeah. At some point you're going to have to do, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do the commercial album and then they'll let you say what you feel like saying maybe yeah <laughs> um what was playing the grammy party like i don't i don't know if you were if you were uh both together if it was just no configuration yeah so this was this was during the time when i was kind of going on my own solo path after the band had broken up right. i had uh I had submitted an audition tape for a competition, um, and what it was, it's called the Grammy Band. Uh, basically, it was comprised of the top high school jazz musicians in the country. It's a big band, 
and they bring him out to uh, Los Angeles for a whole week. And it's completely uh, inclusive, like it's all paid for and everything like that. So I auditioned for it because I thought it was a fantastic opportunity. Um, and I, weird enough, I got in. Um, and there's only two guitar players in the whole country who uh, get into this this uh, this program. So I was really, really honored. Uh, I got out there for a few days and I met some of the greatest musicians from all over the country, from New York to Texas to Florida. So I really made some great connections and we we rehearsed for about two days. They gave us all the music in advance before uh, before we got out there. And kind of the highlight of the week is that you get to play at the Grammy Awards after parties. And so uh, we got a free pass to all go to the Grammys, uh, which was great to see nonetheless. And by the way, it's completely different in person than it is like that you see on television because it's totally televised and everything. But um, after that, we all we started playing at the after parties and that was really significant. I got to meet some great uh, artists in the industry like Skrillex and you know Chance the Rapper and stuff like that. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean we played uh, we played our jazz set, and uh, it's just kind of like a a, a a change, a different change, a little bit. Um, it was more mellow, of course, than the actual Grammys. Um, and there was you know it was kind of there was food. It was really casual. Um, but basically, it was kind of this private little ceremony for some of these great musicians in the industry to come by. So it's really a great opportunity to make some connections. And I did. And, you know, that's kind of another reason why I wanted to come back to L.A. is because a lot of my connections were here. And so. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how it was. And it was it was a fantastic opportunity. So it was great. Awesome. What was different about the production aspect of it versus? what the reality of it was because i know people out there are probably yeah. interested in that. well i mean uh i don't know i think it, the whole there was a moderator and everything like that um and they actually at the grammys they actually tell the audience to be quiet and to clap which i thought was pretty interesting because that's something that's kind of more of a natural process uh <laughs> but they were literally telling like okay start clapping right now five four three you know so it was really it was really formatted and Honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I would rather watch it on TV, of course. But uh, anyway, it was a great experience nonetheless. So, yeah, it's very, um, it's very production based. Oh yeah, definitely. Most, definitely. most that is like that out there where they have to make it feel a certain way. Yeah, I went to the Price is Right one of the first days I was out here with my brother just because we both loved that show, and that's exactly how it was. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the people at Price is Right. I probably shouldn't be saying this to say it anyway <laughs> a lot of the people there are actors we used to get paid to get prices right we used to get really? paid let's make a deal oh yeah they used to pay it because yeah. they, they need that craziness you know so there's, yeah. there's people that are really good at that and then there's people like me that aren't really good at that and you just don't get picked to go on stage <laughs> but um yeah, at least you get to have that experience which is always cool. yeah definitely it was it was i mean and i had great other experiences during that week we played at um, we we even recorded uh, an album at uh, Capitol Records, which was great. Saw a lot of the history there and met some of the great producers there, and it was really an interesting experience for me. And that was that was my dream. Like if I if I got into jazz, uh, you know, one of the accomplishments that I would want to achieve is is doing this program because 
a lot of great musicians from the past who have done it have gone on to become very successful musicians in the industry. Uh, so it was really a great opportunity. And I was, I mean, I almost passed out when I figured out that I made it. Um, so it was, it was really great. Nice. How do you guys see the music scene as, how to see it changing, I guess, as a result of the social distancing, you know, once all that's all over, because my understanding of musicians, um, much like comics and, and, and other performance artists, make their money performing live. You know, they go on the road, they're performing at clubs, et cetera. How do you see that changing? I'll, I'll address that to either one of you. You can yeah. both like, because things aren't going to be the same ever. What I've seen is that, um, I personally, when I figured out, you know, as things kind of trickled down and now everyone's not working, things are closed, I was like, you know, this is kind of actually a really good opportunity. And obviously, um, it sucks. Like, <laughs> at first, everyone's just very disappointed. But the more I thought about it, I was like, this is just a great time to work on my craft and to learn new songs and create new songs, um, work on my own. You know, I've been wanting to set up like a little recording studio in my apartment. So I've, I'm working on that. Um, it's given me a lot of free time to, you know, meet all these goals that I've been wanting to meet. And I'm sure that that's happened for everyone. But, you know, the downside of it is that you can't make money. You can't uh, perform. And, you know, just like me, a lot of artists are that's what they want to do is that's why they're doing it is to perform. Um, so what I've seen is a lot of people collaborating on Zoom calls and doing, you know, uh, Facebook lives and Instagram lives and playing. And, you know, that's great to see because all these people are interacting on social media because a lot of people are on social media a lot more often now that, you know, we're not doing a lot during the day. So. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I think that it's going to be different for the first few months that this blows over. Uh, some of the, the thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is uh, hoping that the clubs have enough money to open back up and to keep keep their businesses going. Um, but I, I really think that it's just going to happen and that eventually we're going to get back to the way that we were. It's going to probably it's going to take some time realistically. Um, but what we've been doing during this time is, is we've just really been taking advantage of the time that we have off, like Phoebe said, to write new music and to establish our social media presence, really, um, because a lot of our fan base is still from Chicago. So we're really building our uh, L.A. fan base and um, we're having a lot of support from our team from that. And again, building great connections always helps. So this time has been actually uh, very good for us. And we know that once it blows over, we're just going to we're going to continue with our vision and what we want to pursue. And uh, we're going to make it happen no matter what. So. Excellent. So great. That's you know, I wish you guys the best of luck on that. I know that this is a huge change for everybody. I'm doing all my podcasting and interviews via Skype remotely. I have an L.A. Um, young lady that usually does my band interviews in LA. So hopefully you're hooking up with Ailing um maybe this summer or something I can get her to come out and check you guys out and she can yeah. do a face with you guys. Give everybody your social media, your websites where they can find you and if they want to support you, go. Yeah. So uh, our website is www.highstreetrocks.com and you can check out a lot of our social media there. Um, our our Facebook page is High Street, uh, just two words, and then our uh, Instagram, Twitter, 
and everything else is going to be at High Street Rocks. So stay posted with shows and everything. We'll be back after this virus uh, blows over, and we hope to see you guys soon. High Street, everybody, check them out. Von Joseph here, Vibes TV, Music for the Masses. We're out of here. We'll catch you guys the next time. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening to us on Apple and all those other great streaming platforms for audio only. Check us out at v3tv.uk if you want to see video and you're not going to get to see these guys perform if you're only listening check it out thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys when we see you peace